Hello everyone, thank you for joining me today here at the Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. I won't be wronged, I won't be insulted, I won't be laid a hand on. I don't do these things to other people, I require the same from them. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is episode 4. Today on the show we're going to talk a little bit about personal responsibility. Kind of what that means and, and how it affects us in the gun culture. So let's take a look at a couple of stories that involve some people that are not taking personal responsibility for their actions. The first story that we're going to look at is one that we had discussed on the uh, Gun Rights Radio Network Roundtable. And that was about a police officer. His name was Enrique Chavez, and this happened in uh, 2006. And for those of you that don't know or hadn't heard that episode, he was off duty, and he had his uh, three-year-old son in the back of his truck, backseat of his truck, and he also had his gun back there. Somehow the three-year-old was able to get access to the firearm, pull it out of the holster, and discharge the firearm. When the kid pulled the trigger, or caused the firearm to go off, the bullet went through the back seat, shot Officer Chavez in the back, and went out through his chest. And, and unfortunately, this left him paralyzed. He's paralyzed from the waist down now. And that's a tragic thing that happened, and I feel, you know, I feel sorry for him. But basically... It's his fault. It's his responsibility. He didn't. He didn't have the either. He didn't have either his gun secured, or his child secured. Uh, the investigators in the case said that the kid wasn't uh, buckled in at all. Well, now he's suing everybody he can think of. He's suing Glock, which was the manufacturer of the gun, and he's saying that the safety is either non-existent or it's ineffective. He's also suing uh, for negligence on the part of Uncle Mike's, which is the holster, the maker. He's also suing Turner Outdoorsman, which is the store where he bought the holster. And he's suing the uh, L.A. Police Revolver and Athletic Club where he purchased the gun. So basically this guy is looking to blame everybody except himself. And you know, the more I thought about this story, and, and one thing that didn't come to me until recently was, he's also going to be responsible for something else. And it's something that I haven't heard anybody mention. Now, as his kid grows up, his kid's five now, and probably still doesn't really understand what happened. But when he's 10, 11, 15 years old, that kid is going to understand, and he'll find out that it was him that shot his father. So because of his father's lack of, lack of personal responsibility, he's basically going to give his son a 
a lifetime of guilt. Because it's going to come up. Well, how did your dad get paralyzed? Oh, well, I shot him. What? How'd that, you know? Well, I was three, and but his, his kid is still going to feel guilty. So, you know, that was just another little thing that I had kind of had come to me about one more thing that this guy needs to take responsibility for. You know, he's, he's going to put a lot of guilt and a lot of heartache on his kid throughout the years. Now, in another story, I think we've pretty much all seen the YouTube video of the DEA agent who shot himself in the foot. And he, he, this happened back in 2004. The agent's name was Lee Page. And uh, he was giving a, uh, a lecture on gun safety, of all things. Now, in the video, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of go ahead and read from, uh, from the article here. It says, in the video, he points the gun in the air and pulls the trigger. The firing pin clicks, but the gun does not go off. Quote, I'm the only one in this room who's professional enough that I know of to carry a Glock 40, Page tells the class. A moment later, as he points the gun at the floor, it discharges. Well, when it discharges, it hits him in the foot. Now, he tried to make a little bit of a recovery, and he says, uh, Now, see how that accident happened? It could happen to you, and you could be blown away. And then uh, he tries to continue with the lecture, and his assistant brings him a rifle. And then that's when you start hearing protests or heard from the back of the room saying, No, 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 no. They don't want him to shoot off that rifle in the class because that's what they think he's going to do. So what he's doing now is he is suing the DEA because what he is saying is that when the videotape, when the incident first happened, the videotape that showed the incident was handed over to the DEA and it somehow got leaked from the DEA. And because of that leak, he's saying, well, I've suffered you know, embarrassment and humiliation and harm and, and this has hurt my career as a as an officer and, you know, my, my family and everything. We have to endure insults, so it's caused basically pain and suffering to me and to my family. And so he is, you know, he's now suing, again, the DEA for that. So again, you know, those are just two examples of people that bad things happens to them, and, and they're having to live with those consequences now, but they don't want to take responsibility for it. A lack of even a, a sense of personal responsibility is rampant. And not only in our society, but through, throughout most of the world. You know, it's not just an American thing. And some people would make the argument that personal responsibility is a thing that should come naturally to us. And, and you know, that's just not true. Um, if you want to see what comes natural to us as humans, take a look at a three or four year old. You'll see both good things and bad things. You'll see, uh, on the good side, you'll see unconditional love. You'll see trust. You'll see honesty. You'll see happiness, joy, compassion. And on the bad side, you'll see, you know, anger and selfishness. Uh, sometimes they'll tell a fib about something if they think they're going to get in trouble. So, again, to say that personal responsibility is some type of a, of a trait or something that should come to us on a, uh, maybe an instinctual level, 
that's just not going to hold up. Personal responsibility has to be learned. And in order for it to be learned, it has to be taught. And therein lies the problem. Now, as a culture, and by that I mean just as an American culture, as a world culture, personal responsibility just isn't being taught. And it's not really even valued very much anymore. Now, some people will say, you know, that it is, but it's, it's really pretty much just lip service. Now, personal responsibility also gives us something that we value very highly, and that is personal freedom. Personal responsibility goes hand in hand with personal freedom. And unfortunately, personal freedom is not valued the way that it should be. And again, a lot of people would, would give lip service to it and say that they do value it. And they value, oh, I value my personal freedoms. But most people, they don't want the burden of, of responsibility that comes with true personal freedom. You know, as, as, I, as I look back, it, it seems that over the past 40 years or so, we have slowly backed away as a society from personal responsibility and as I said personal responsibility equals personal freedom the more you give away or the further you get from taking personal responsibility the easier it becomes to give away personal freedom when you start to say you know it's not my fault that bad things happen to me when you say well my neighborhood uh, is overrun with crime and gangs and drugs. Uh, and I'm tired of it. And somebody, somebody needs to do something about it. But you know what? That somebody's not going to be me. And often it's these, these same people can say things like, Oh, I hate the cops. I'm not going to cooperate with them. Or I don't want to get involved. Or I'm afraid of what might happen to me if I do. Or one of the things that still kind of boggles my mind is that's become part of our culture is the no snitching thing. And even that term, you know, basically that was something that was set up by criminals in the first place to just help cover themselves. Don't tell the police. Don't snitch. You know, be a stand-up person. Well, if your neighborhood is a bad place and you buy into that stuff, if you want to blame somebody for how crummy it is, take a look in the mirror. Now, some people would say, you know, if I do the right thing, the bad guys will come after me. But the reality is that if all the non-thugs, all the non-drug dealers, all the good people took a stand, the criminals are going to go to jail or they're going to go somewhere else because the good people know who the bad ones are. And if you ask any cop, they'll tell you, you know, the people have to become involved if they want change in their communities. We can't do it. We have to have their cooperation. If they're not going to identify who kicked down their door or who robbed their neighbor, how can we arrest them? How can we take that guy off the street? So when you start to believe that someone else needs to take care of your problems and that it's, you know, it's not your fault that you smoked for 30 years and now you have lung cancer, 
You know, it's not your fault that you got blind, stinking drunk, got into your car and drove through your neighbor's front door and killed his dog. You know, it's not your fault that you ate three large pizzas every day and now you weigh 600 pounds. You know, everything is a disease. Everything is a sickness. Everything has an excuse. Because, remember now, it's not your fault. And therefore, you have no responsibility. You're blameless. And not only that, but somebody else has to pay for your problems. Because you're entitled to that. Now, people have bought into this stuff and this attitude for far too long. So, what's the gun culture's attitude about personal responsibility and personal freedoms? Now, some would say in the gun culture that the gun culture encompasses many values and many beliefs, and that in, in general is true. But if we look at the larger truth, that larger truth is that there are only two tenets or values or beliefs, whatever you want to call it, that make up what I call pure gun culture. And gun culture at its core, gun culture once it's been through the crucible, once everything is stripped away, gun culture is two things. A belief in personal responsibility and a belief in personal freedom. Now, no matter how many things we say that gun culture strives for or teaches or what it gives us, and some examples of that would be we could say that, that gun culture teaches and tries to give us protection of self and family and protection of uh, oppression, and not only from government, but of oppression from criminal elements. You know, we say that gun culture teaches a respect for the environment. It teaches conservation. It teaches what our place is in the world. And most importantly, it teaches a respect for life. And the list goes on and on. But in reality, all those things find their roots. All those things go back to personal responsibility and personal freedom. The anti-rights and the anti-gun people would make the argument that you're not responsible for your behavior. And they're going to say something that goes along these lines. You're not going to be responsible for your behavior. You can't be because you had a crummy childhood. You can't be responsible for your behavior because of drug use or alcoholism or a whole host of these other things. But it's not your fault. You want to be responsible, but you can't. You fit, you, you're just unable. It's impossible. And therefore, I must make sure that you are held accountable in some way. That you are held responsible. And the easiest way for me to do that is to have so many rules and laws and restrictions that ultimately I will regulate all your freedoms away. If you haven't already, I want you to go take a listen to uh, Eric Shelton over at the Handgun Podcast, and he's going to give a, a, a real good illustration to that point that I just made about the anti-gunners wanting to make bunches of rules and how they actually feel about us in the gun culture and as gun owners in general. 
their latest statement was basically, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it a little, is that we're all criminals and we just either haven't gotten caught or we haven't committed that crime yet, but that ultimately we will. Uh, now, Eric talks about, uh, about that recent comment from the Bradys and uh, he makes a lot of really good points and he sums it up quite well. So go ahead and give that a listen uh, and that'll just give you an example of, of you know, how they think. Now, it's not only in America that we're, we're seeing personal responsibility being eroded away or even legislated away. We can take a look at England. We can take a look at Canada. We can take a look at Australia. They have draconian gun laws. They have several of their personal freedoms have been taken away. Basically, in those countries, what they're saying is that your life is actually worth less than the criminals, than a guy who's, uh, who's intent on doing you harm. His life has more value than yours. You should just take it. And basically what they're saying is that you and your family are becoming property of the state. Your lives belong to the state. Now recently, the pendulum that had swung so far in England has started to swing back a little bit. And there we had all heard the stories of people that had defended themselves against criminal attack had defended their their homes and their families and by defending themselves they were arrested or maybe charged with assault well now the pendulum is starting to swing back I think that even the lawmakers there said my heavens what have we done you know this is we're supposed to be a country that's that's based on democracy and freedom and, and we're giving more freedoms to the criminals so supposedly they say, and I don't know how true this is, but supposedly they say that in England now, if you are attacked, you can defend yourself and you won't be, uh, you won't be charged with assault. Well, whoopee, isn't that great? We're basically giving you your uh, God-given right back. And gee, thanks. But you know, let's keep looking a little bit at England. They've got all those gun laws on the books. And now what's happened is people started to carry knives to defend themselves. Well now, in England, again, they're starting to regulate knives. They're starting to say where you can and cannot carry one, what, how, the length of it. But uh, hopefully they're starting to have a turnaround back towards common sense and, uh, and hopefully they'll maybe overturn some of their terrible laws that they passed over there. Now, getting back to that idea that our lives belong to the state. Now, in order for our lives and the lives of our family not to become property of the state. We need to take another personal responsibility. And that personal responsibility starts with registering to vote and then number two, getting out to vote. And this isn't just for the national elections for president, but for local elections. All branches and forms of government where we have a say and we have a vote, we need to be out there voting and we need to put the people in office, the people that we put in there to represent us, we need to have those people believe in personal responsibility and personal freedom. We don't want anyone who believes in rules for rules sakes, who thinks that 
to solve problems. We punish the law-abiding and not the criminal. We cannot have anyone in office that believes that they know best and therefore the will of the people does not matter. And we're seeing that right now in places like D.C., in places like Chicago, and in places like San Francisco. We see examples of the local politicians who they know best. You little people, you just leave the thinking to us and we'll make sure you're safe. Well, unfortunately, that hasn't worked. The people trusted you with their safety and you failed them. Where are some of the most violent places? Where do tons of murders take place? In those cities that I just mentioned. If you want a really good example of what's going on in Chicago, I want you to go listen to the Militant Marksman podcast, and that's done by Sean Horton. He lives in and around that area, and he does a fantastic job on reporting on what's going on there and gives really good examples of how the politicians basically there have set up little kingdoms and they've ruled for so long they don't care what the people want. They're not affected by it. They don't have to walk the streets without protection, but yet they want the citizens to do it. But anyway, go listen to Sean's uh, podcast, The Militant Marksman. He does a much better job than I will about telling what's going on over there. So let's go ahead and start to wrap up a little bit. And let me end on a little bit of a positive note. In the past, when we looked at gun culture, we saw that it belonged to one type of group or one type of person. It was pretty much an exclusive club. However, in today's true gun culture, true gun culture willingly embraces everyone, regardless of sex, regardless of nationality or religion, skin color or age. Does it sound a little bit too good to be true? Well, I guess you could say there is a catch. Maybe two requirements that are uh, needed to be welcomed with open arms into the gun culture. And those two requirements are you have to believe in personal responsibility and in personal freedom. Well, hopefully you guys got something out of today's show. I enjoy doing it. I also want to go ahead and give some plugs to my fellow podcasters. The uh, Probably the easiest way to find them all in one place would be to go over to the uh, Gun Rights Radio Network and uh, you'll be able to see and subscribe to, of course for free, all the podcasts. I'll just name them off real quick. There's the Armed Citizen. Uh, there's, of course, Mind Firearms Cafe. There's Gun Rights Advocate Podcast. There's Gun Rights News. The Handgun Podcast, Militant Marksman's Podcast, Pro Arms Podcast, The Shot Show, and The Urban Shooter. All of these programs and all of these shows are, are excellent. Um, each show brings something different, but the one thing that they all have in common 
He has a, a passion for guns and gun rights. And each and each and every person at those podcasts, I guarantee you, they believe in personal responsibility and personal freedoms. In conclusion, I'd like to say thank you for choosing to spend some time with me here at the Firearms Cafe. And thank you for choosing to subscribe to, download, and listen to the show. We will see you next time. Until then, stay safe, and as always, we'll save a spot for you at our table at the Firearms Cafe. So long.